is this tomorrow is a weekly web comic and best friends with that record got me high podcast we often take strolls on the beach play frisbee dig up clams ride in dune buggies surf and take pills together is this tomorrow has a cool old station wagon which has a seat in the rear that faces backwards we let the chauffeur drive while we sit in the back and press our ass cheeks against the window causing square families on their way to church to become enraged and try and hit us with small arms fire their aim sucks so we aren't in any danger when we're done doing that we drive really really fast and do stunts like on television and the movies all of this is just lies meant to distract you you're cool with that, right? Take a moment and visit our best friends at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. We can hear it. You can hear it? <laughs> yeah, that? I'm sure it sounds like I, shit, but it's coming through I, a phone, but... Good. Barry. Barry. Yeah. Wh- what is that? I thought we were doing uh, Xanadu. Uh, we can do that if you want. I can... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that, is, that is a time-honored... That's a time-honored guest joke for us, Barry, right? When we say oh, we're yeah, doing yeah, a record sure. and then they well, say that's something else. <laughs> a lot of guests do that. They yeah. Do that. That's, a, oh, that's, that's so, not so a, it's not yeah, a new good. one. <laughs> it's, well, it's all. But not it's a good, new but one. It's funny. It's time-honored. What was Santa do? How, how did that compare to the other records? Uh, you know what I was thinking? <laughs> Actually, I was thinking you meant like Rush. Um, what's the one that's got Xanadu on it? Uh, um, 20, is that 2112? No, it's on... Moving Pictures? No, it's on the one before the one after twenty one twelve. No, before twenty one twelve. A farewell to kings. Farewell to kings. Yeah, it's not a farewell to ah. kings. So uh, <laughs> well, we'll do it. I'm, I'm sure we'll think of Olivia Newton John. <laughs> yeah, you were thinking of Olivia Newton John. Uh, True. Movie I actually know someone who actually loves that record. Um, this woman named Leslie Baker. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's she's always loved that record. And um, I can't, you know, what are you gonna do, man? People got right, so shit our, they like. Um, that's right. I, I've actually never heard the, heard the album, so you I, I know the song. The song's not bad. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not going to listen to it. <laughs> well, you, you may have to if a guest picks it. Maybe. Yeah, uh, no, we're not going to do it. No, we're, Kathy's yeah, next record. Kathy's will be next record is Xanadu. Yeah, that might be fun. But. Uh, um, do you. Uh, all right, so we're good uh, volume wise with the mic. Volume everything wise, everything looks fine. Um, all right, cool. Testing one, two, three. Yeah, I think we're good. All right, you ready to do this? Um, let's, let's do Get it. Get your backup. All yeah, right, yeah the backup's it. running, and so is the multi track. Beautiful. Although, guess what's at your house? Uh, oh, oh, the stand, right? I got a handhold tonight. I it's know. I always forget that. Mm-hmm. We should. Well, yeah, I'll somehow get the. I'll have to a uh, courier. Them I just need to buy to one of my own. <laughs> I just, I'll just buy one of my That's own. That's true. You may have. To. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. All right. Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And if I sound a little subdued, it's because this is the first official coronavirus <laughs> episode. Yeah, sure. 
we are in quarantine now. We are. So we may sound a little different. Barry is in uh, his, his undisclosed location. Yeah. I am in my undisclosed location yeah. because you know this is the times we're in now. I'm in the and fifth, I'm in a bubble. I'm in my fifth floor sniper's nest in Hollywood, Florida. <laughs> there you go. Uh, because this is this is how we live now. This is 2020. That's it. All right. So before, uh, well, no, we can not just that anyone's forgotten party. that at this point, but no, that's true. We'll try and make All you right. f- over the next hour and a little and a little bit. We'll try and make your uh, seclusion a little bit. Uh, yeah, just forget about it, just for an hour, yeah. right? And if you, that's where yeah, we're here, that's right? Public service. We're. I don't. I don't like to throw around the word hero, but if you uh, want to call me a Barry, I was hero, thinking more <laughs> like our asinine japes will, you know, maybe right, or, distract you, or maybe even annoy you enough that you'll forget about the uh, impending uh, whatever. All right, but Barry, I am here with a very brave guest that I'm here with, and uh, I would like to welcome to the show, Mr. Rick Sell. Welcome, Rick. Welcome, well, thank Rick. you guys. Thank, thanks, yes. thanks, Barry. Thanks, Rob. Uh, Rick, uh, I've I've known Rick for a number, a really long time, actually. I've known, well, sort of known you. Sort of known you. Rick's known me. I stalked you. I stalked you since the '90s. But Nick, Rick's been around down here, but he now he is the owner of an awesome guitar company called Yes Pure Salem Pure Salem Guitars. Yes, and uh, he he makes amazing guitars and basses, and which I own a a Pure Salem bass, but uh, they're uh, magnificent. So, uh, welcome you know to the show. Our, you know what our motto is, right? What is your motto? Tiny hands make great guitars. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> do you have, right, so, do you have tiny hands? No, no. no they're pretty. Uh, they're they're average size. My guitars are made in uh, in South Korea. So ah, it's, it's, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I design them. I design I, them. I understand. Okay, I, yeah. You know what? I That's cool. I think there's cool. some 12-year-old kid there. Yeah, and, you know. You know what? Right now, South Korea is not the worst place to be because... They got their fucking shit together. So. They, got it, they got it in hand. Yeah, it's true. But we can't get it. They won't let us. No, in. hell no. All right. So, Rick, what did you bring to the That Record Got Me High tables? The record that gets me high, and, and I remember where I was the first time I heard heard a song from it, uh, is The Mob Rules by Black Sabbath. Excellent. Black Sabbath Mob Rules. Yeah, and yeah. it is. Barry, we we haven't discussed it at all, but I've been listening this week. But this this album kicks ass. It I mean, is. it really oh, does. Yeah. It's a it's a proto '80s metal record. It's got a lot of the things that would appear again and again in '80s metal, and it's it's sort of prototyping those things. Right. Um, and uh, it's heavy. But you would, uh, it's heavy. But, all right. But so you had mentioned this. So this uh, obviously this record came to you, Rick, at a at a perfect time, probably for you to hear. And right? I was uh, 12 years old. Just getting into music, right. and yeah. Do you guys remember WSHE? Of She's course, WSHE. She's only yeah, right. if you're sure. old enough. If you're old enough, you, you remember. Sure. Uh, they were doing uh, in 1981. They were doing their top 100 records, uh, 100 songs of the year, and coming in at 99 uh, was "Turn Up the Night." All right. And I was in my room. I don't know, playing with something or a toy or something, and I heard the guitar. And then I heard Ronnie James Deal's voice, and I just stopped what I was doing, looked at the stereo for the next two and a half minutes, and I was just mesmerized. You were mesmerized. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's when All I right. became a, a Sabbath, Sabbath fan. fan. Excellent. <laughs> so did you run out? At, now, had you been... Familiar with Black Sabbath before this, like the Ozzy Osbourne Black Sabbath? Did you know about them? No. You did um, No, okay. we had a little conversation earlier. My musical background actually starts with uh, my father 
had a had an excellent record collection uh, from the 50s. His uncle was a DJ in Chicago and and he used to send records to my father. So like Total Happy Days vibe back in the 50s in Wisconsin, my father's from Wisconsin. So I kind of, uh, on the weekends, my parents were divorced, so on the weekends I would spend a lot of time at my dad's house and I would be listening to his records. And uh, the first song that that really got me was a Little uh, Little. Little Darling by the Diamonds, uh, okay. and, yeah. and and then I you know I kind of got into Little Richard and and Jerry Lee Lewis and uh, Chuck Berry and all that stuff at Stomino. Oh, yeah, man. So that that was my that was really the beginning of music for me. And then I hear Turn Up the Night by Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> right. Whoops. <laughs> Which Whoops. is really what the, happened. But that's, but that's the music you should be listening to as a as a twenty right. yeah, That was really yeah, that was know, of my era. That's true, it's but good. that other stuff you listened to is pretty great too. There's nothing wrong. Oh no, with that. no, it's great. But but Rick was telling we were talking before. Rick said like when you went to school, like when you were in third grade, like you went and kids were there was a, a day when kids could bring in records, so they were bringing in all these like '80s yeah, yeah, records. Yeah, and Human it, League. I remember that vividly. Uh, they were playing Human League, and I came in with like uh, blue suede shoes, Carl <laughs> Perkins, and the kids yeah. looked at me like I was from yeah, outer space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, take that off. Something's That's wrong terrible. with that kid. <laughs> Right. Let's beat him up during recess. <laughs> yeah, so I had a lot of catching up to do, and, and I did. So I, I, I amassed quite a record collection. Did. So did you go out and get Mob Rules, though? Do you remember? Did you buy the record pretty soon after that, like during that? I, I did. I, I, um, I told my grandmother, uh, it was my birthday or something was coming up, and I'm like, this is what I want. I want to go to the record store. And it was... um. Was it Sam Goody's yeah. at the Lauderdale Lakes Mall? Do you guys yeah. remember that? Yeah, I remember okay. Sam Goody's stores. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it was Sam Goody's at Lauderdale Lakes Mall, and I went in there and I got, I got, uh, I bought that record. I now got, your your grandma didn't see the cover and say no. <laughs> she was pretty, she, she was she was pretty cool of it. Oh, good, uh, good. She didn't. She wasn't too happy about the Scorpions' Virgin Killer uh, cover. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that one is different. Yeah. <laughs> Grandma, no, not this one. Okay, hold on. I'll come back. Yes, some, some, some sort of <laughs> some demonic sort of empty sort of suit looking things, whatever. But you got the hot, you know, <laughs> the hot yeah. babe. Maybe not at twelve. Right, yeah, right, no, right. no. But hey, I was twelve, so to me, she looked, you know, hey, yeah. Guess, uh, yeah. But anyways. So uh, this, uh, yeah, so, so that's funny. So you started with Black Sabbath with this, with the uh, Ronnie, with actually the second Ronnie James video. Because this one, uh, so this was, this is Black Sabbath's 10th album. That's right. And it came out in November 1981. Yeah. And it followed in 1980, they did Heaven and Hell when they got Ronnie James Dio as the singer. Yes. And it was awesome. People, it was like amazing. Because previous to that, they had put out some bad records. Like A couple of bad first, records, yeah. Yeah, the, the first four or five uh, Black Sabbath records are, are well, I'm going to I'm going to disagree and say there's no bad Black Sabbath. Okay, well, well I'm sorry. You can you say that. You can say that. You'd be wrong, but you can say that. The one I never, I'll tell you, the one I never listened to ever is technical ecstasy. I just that record to me is just kind of that like, was a, and, and I think that was the last one with Ozzy. Until nah, he never say die. Never, oh never, no, never say die. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Because right. I saw technical I ecstasy saw him on the great I, record. Yeah. Oh, okay. Are you right. Thank well, well, God, yeah. we're all moving, all moving parts stand still. Yeah. yeah. All right, but this, so this, uh, yeah, but this record, they kind of because when they did Heaven and Hell, I guess uh, I was reading that it was Tony. Iomi and um, Geezer Butler and Ronnie James Dio sort of getting together and writing these songs yeah. in like in like a room with like little lamps. 
But right. for for this record, they went to like a a, re- a proper rehearsal place and turned shit up and just sort of jammed. No, and played. I think I my what the story I read is opposite. Is that Heaven and Hell? They did full blast, and this one they did with little amps. And Geezer Butler maybe was on hiatus. No, 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 Rick. No, it, it is shaking my Rick head. is shaking his head, and he, he knows. Um, so it is the opposite. So I got it. I got it backwards. You got it backwards. Yeah, when they first met Ronnie James Dio, uh, they wrote at the very first meeting. They wrote a song called Children of the Sea. Okay, right. And and uh, they 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 knew that they had uh, chemistry together. Yeah. Um, during the Mob Rules record, which was actually recorded here in Miami, um, it was oh, recorded, it was? I believe, at, at, at um, oh, Criteria. Criteria. Some of it was, and wow. some of it, it at the record plant in Los Angeles. Right, yeah, right. Sure. yeah, exactly. And he, everything that, in that era ended up at the record plant in LA eventually. Right, right. They get that sound. Yeah. Tony was using. He had switched from Laney amps to uh, to. He was trying Mesa Boogie amps. Oh, this. that's uh, why there's a different guitar sound on this. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's a lot darker. But they said they crunchy. had a hard time getting a guitar sound for the record that he liked. Right, because originally they had wanted to record it by themselves and he actually bought like the a gear on his studio board, and he up, said yeah. they could not get a guitar sound. Yeah, 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 he said they, they put it in the hallway, they put it in the it, it, wherever, they couldn't get it so they finally right. had to go to a studio. And you got to say the end result, uh, Martin Birch uh, produced of the course, ended up yeah. producing Iron Maiden. The end result is amazing. The guitar sound of this record is just It's really heavy amazing. but it's different for Tony and um, it is, yeah, the, and yeah. the and the sort of the approach to the playing, Tony's playing is a bit different as well. Um, yes. There's more of a straight metal approach to his playing, as there is on Heaven and Hell as well, and less yeah. of the riff sort of geezer um, riff heaviness that right. the way that geezer writes the stuff. Right, because he was kind of dealing with his own demons at this time. So right, Geezer yeah, Butler right. didn't have too much to do with no, the writing. He did they not. were all, yeah, they were yeah, all yeah. kind of whacked out. Bill Ward had to stop after. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, and they ended up having okay. Vinny. Yeah. Is it Vinny Apathy? Vinny Apathy. Apathy? Is that how you I say think, it? I, I think that's how you say I it. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was Carmen, Carmen Apiece and Vinny. Are there two the brothers? They are brothers, so maybe yeah, it's okay. maybe one calls in Apathy and one of Tomato Tomato. Viewers, we'll call in. Yeah, we'll call. Now, you know, I, send us an email. I, I read uh, with those phonetic Iommi's letters that nobody can read. Like, oh, that's exactly. pronounced. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I read Tony Iommi's biography, Iron Man, and it was really good. And he he actually did not like his guitar tone on this record. I heard that. I heard he didn't. Yeah, he and I I think it's it. his best guitar tone. I just uh, think wow. the guitar sounds so good. Wow. Um, but yeah, he wasn't happy with it. And also this record But this is also the first Sabbath record you heard. So you wouldn't like every your compa- basically it's like, you know, you I know, which is crazy, like right? My crazy favorite my that. favorite guitar sound of Tony is the first Sabbath record that I heard, and that was the sound he had on Master of Reality. So Reality, yeah, right. you know. He's uh, tuning down on that one. Big oh, time. so yeah, this is back up. They're tuning back up to E on this one. It sounds like, right? This one sounds I, like I, it's. Oh yeah, because yeah. they got Ronnie James Dio now. He's so he can hit the notes. Yeah, and um, that's also why they they changed the style of uh, like like you were saying, Barry, about how prior he, they were doing more riff based stuff because right. Oz, Ozzy worked better with that. Right, and, the uh, bluesy sort of doom right. doomy blues right. riffs. Right, 
And some of that's on here a little, but the one criticism that I've, I've read about this record, which over over the years it's gotten people have recognized, oh, it's really. And if you, and if you look at the lists of like the, the best um, uh, uh, Black Sabbath records, both uh, Heaven and Hell and this are in the top ten. So this has definitely gotten more better reviewed. But yeah, at the yeah. time. It got criticized because they said basically it was a carbon copy of Heaven and Hell because even as far as how the songs are laid out, right. like there's the the opening fast right. song and yeah. then that. Yeah. But the way the way I look at it is the first Ramones the first three Ramones records yeah, right. are basically right. interchangeable, but yeah. they're all great. True. <laughs> so yeah. it's like it's you like not, it or you don't like, like it. it. Yeah. That's the formula exactly, right. and it's a great formula. It's it's uh, it's a perfectly presented formula. So, that ACDC is yeah. still doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure they're still doing it. I think that Maybe they've not. whittled down to the, you know, the person who wrote the songs is no longer um, able to function that yeah, way. Yeah, that's right, right. And then for with the Brian, uh, what's the singer? The Brian guy? Johnson. Oh, he has throat nodules. He can't, he can't sing. Yeah, he has, no, he can't hear. Oh, he's got tinnitus. Yeah, he lost or tinnitus. So I'm going to put forth just something here real quick that I, I've, I've thought about listening to some of the guitar solos on this record. Um or maybe the solo on the first song. Um, I'm not entirely convinced that Tony Omi's playing all the guitar solos on this <gasps> record. Oh my God, that's that <laughs> Rick, Rick just ripped it up off his chair, man. <laughs> my head spun around like the exorcist. Because you know, it, it, is, it is a thing that happens sometimes, is that, you know, you bring in, if you got to get something done... And there's just some, some of the solos well, have such a different quality and like a whammy bar kind of thing going on. It's interesting you say that because sometimes at some of this record, I listen to it and I think, holy shit, man, he is fucking shredding. And yeah. it is, you're right, it doesn't, but, but it, I don't know. It, it, I, it's him. It's I've him. never read that anywhere, though, Barry. What do you think by now there would be more than just Barry Stock saying no. that? It's him. He's venturing out. He's, yeah, he's I mean, it's entirely possible that he was never playing like that before because right. of the, you know, the constraints of, of playing with Ozzy or whatever. Maybe. Um, but I just Who listened knows? to it and I was like, man, that sounds like, you know. Tony some... Iommi's lawyer, if you're, if you're <laughs> listening, that's Barry Stock. That's yeah, that's I'm that's sure that <laughs> Tony Iommi's lawyer is an active individual. You know, the, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the gear changed as well. He was, you know, he was also playing with different amps and that could you know that could change sure. the way you play uh, of course it can yeah. i'm just he, i just thought and he is I just, an amazing it, he is it, an amazing guitar it, it is really and, is. but it's just something that occurred to me and i was like wow that's a really different sort of um approach to soloing and i'm sure right. we're, we're losing you know all of apologies to any female listener that has that has dropped into this particular episode <laughs> um, this is definitely the guitar bro Sort of. Um, it is. Album. Although I'm sure there's got to be. I'm sure there's some uh, female women sure out there, there that, that appreciate Ford, the Sabbath. Yep. But you're right. If, if you went to a Sabbath concert at that time, it was a sea yeah, of teenage boys in black yep. t-shirts. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> All right. So so let's get into this first song that uh, Rick Sell heard as a boy of twelve and changed his life. Let's uh, let's listen to the first number. Just turn up the opening night. Turn up the night.
<laughs> so that's pretty. Yeah, that sounds like Tony. I mean, that that bit does. But it it's does, yeah. it's uh it's it's when it gets to the solo proper that I go, ooh. Wow. <laughs> I was 12 years old again in my room. Yeah, oh, God, I, right. know that, I know and how right, that feels. I know how that right feels. Right from the jump, too, with the hi-hats. I love how they started out with the hi-hat. And um, Vinny uh, Apathy, i got to say, uh, he does a great job on this record. And, and he plays the fuck out of it. And supposedly he was a big fan. Bill Ward of, fan, um, yeah. That's uh, right. Bill Ward, yeah. So he, you know, and Bill Ward, like halfway through the Heaven and Hell where the word had to step aside because of his own <laughs> Yeah. And this guy this guy did a did a great job. But um yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just so even even um I read uh, Dio himself admits that this song that there's not much to it lyrically. It's just kind of a, a rocker. <laughs> yeah, you know. But it just it just grabs you by the throat. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I think, you know. I, he could sing the alphabet and he would have my attention. Oh <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. He was, uh, one of the great voices in uh, metal. He was for sure. he was for sure. And he was about, he, really he was like five foot four. He was really sort of a really short guy, <laughs> you, right? You're, yes. you're generous. I think you're being generous with that, Barry. <laughs> yeah. I think they called him, they called him like the elf or something like that, or he had a nickname, right? Um, and unfortunately, you know, he, you know, passed away of a, you know, terrible disease. So he, yeah. he, um, he was a giant. His voice was so gigantic. Voice, right. Massive, yeah. massive voice. And and from what I've heard, a, a good guy that was really good with yeah. the band. Like, yeah, he seemed like it too from what, I, from what I've read. Yeah, Did I you get know the feeling at that point Black Sabbath were not the good guys in this equation. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got, mad. they got mad at him because he got offered a record deal, a solo record deal by Warner, right? In the same label they were on. Right, right. After, after Heaven, Heaven and Hell. And, Hell. Yeah. and you know, right. they were mad that he uh, would consider such a thing. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, that that and that and the during the mixing of the live album, which really isn't even a live album because it's all overdone. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the story goes that everybody who knows Sabbath knows the story that uh, when at night Dio was coming in and lowering the uh, the guitars and bass and raising the vocals. <laughs> and, and, and that, you know that that's who knows if that's true or not. Well, that's what Tony. Well, that's what Tony Iommi was saying. I think right, he was, right, right, right. But you know what? Those Sabbath guys, man, they had they've been doing coke for a long time. By and 1981, what, yeah, there was and those those problems start to you know drugs and alcohol. You, you your thinking starts to get a little screwed up okay. after a long that much. You get paranoid, yeah. yeah uh, exactly, uh, <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly right. Did you know what Ozzy was doing during this time with snorting uh, ants he, off the sidewalk? Uh, yeah, because that, he was so upset about the deal thing that he hired a midget or a small person, sorry, to uh, to come out on stage with him when he went out. Oh on no! Oh, oh man! Yeah. Wow! <laughs> And so. he, he, re, he referred to him as Ronnie. And oh, shit. Oh, wow. that's not right. Yeah, so there was no love lost between those two. No. Uh, I can imagine. No. All right, so let's get uh, track number two. Now we get the, this is the classic uh, Tony Aomi. This this riff that starts out this song, this definitely sounds like classic Aomi. Let's listen to the beginning. Yeah. Uh, it's so heavy, it's unbearable. Let's listen <laughs> Voodoo.
<laughs> so these are some classic Dio lyrics, like oh, Dio. Oh yeah, oh right. This I is could him. be a devil, like yeah. I could be a devil. Yeah. Oh maybe. sure. Yeah. Um, but not, but not super heavy-handed. Like he was always kind of mystical, devilly, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, with the Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna say that Tony has been listening to the riffage of Eddie Van Halen because there's a Van Halen-esque quality to that riff. And it was impossible. If you were a, a, a metal guitar player in 1981, there is no way Eddie Van Halen... Remember what we talked about Adrian Ballou and the Talking Heads thing where everybody who heard Adrian Ballou, it's like there's three guys. There's Eddie Van Halen. Every metal guitar player was like... Shit, man! What am I gonna right, do yeah. now? He's and like, then well, yeah, yeah. every sort of, um, you know, and then every like new wave guitar player, it was you heard either John McGeeck from Susie and the Banshees or you heard Adrian Ballou, and you're like, oh shit, I gotta do something that sounds like that. And then of course with blues guitar players, it was everybody that heard Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah, um, so. I think Tony, there's just, I'm listening to that riff and I was like, God, that sounds really like something else. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's, I know what it is. It's, it's, it's Eddie and Eddie just, Eddie, when everybody that heard Eddie was just, you, you was like, fuck. Well, at that time, by, yeah, by 80, 81, you couldn't, yeah, it was inescapable that he definitely, uh, but you know, props to Tony Yami too for sort of growing as a guitar oh, player. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, yeah, I think he wanted the band to move beyond. Ozzy, he was probably sick of thinking of Ozzy. He was sick, sick, sick of people asking him about Ozzy. Oh, he was right? like, yeah. so fuck <laughs> it. Well, you know, we got this other guy, and we're going to yeah. do something that's more right. traditionally sort of the new wave of British metal also was in there. Yeah, yeah. Priest yes, and, yeah. and those guys in there, too. Right. You know, Barry, I never thought of that, but it, it does make sense, and I see it. Um, and it's funny because uh, on, I think on their last tour uh, with, with Ozzy, uh, Van Halen opened up for them. Oh, yeah, that's I, right. Yeah, that's that, my first I, I concert. went to one of those shows. That was yeah. my first show. <laughs> was, my first concert ever here. was, yeah, I saw the Never Say Die Tour. It was uh, at, um, oh, my God. October 1978 in um, St. Pete, Florida. At the, um, I, I believe you said Van Halen wiped the floor. Basically, with the, yes. <laughs> they mopped Sabbath. the floor with Black Sabbath and then yeah. wrung out the mop and dumped the water out <laughs> in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, even they admitted. Tony admits. That. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It was were, a totally a bad idea to go on tour with the band that hot. They should have picked some lame-ass, you know. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> something to go to open them up. But, man, because when Van Halen came out and Eddie, you first, that first chord, you're just yeah. like... You know, and I was 13, I was 14, and you just like, what? Oh my <laughs> God. And he starts playing, and you just, it, that was it. You know, there was no no escaping well, that they won that battle. He revolutionized guitar. You know? Yeah, he, yeah totally. he totally did. He absolutely did. All right, so now we get to uh, this song. Uh, this is the requisite you have to have on a metal album like this you have to have the 12 string acoustic oh, like yeah. the little acoustic you, what are you pretty, talking about are you kidding uh, yeah of course right right but this is but it, but it's done really good and this is actually a great song this oh, is a, it's a epic it's dark yeah it dark, is very dark, dark. Sign, sign the of the sign cross. of the southern cross A story told that can't be real Somehow must reflect the truth we feel, yeah 
Well, nobody so saw when, nobody saw that coming. Yeah, right. <laughs> <So they swear. laughs> what a shocker! They, yeah, right. It was like, yeah, yeah, here it comes. But I will say, when they come into it, that's the authentic Sabbath heaviness that it you is. can't really. I feel like you can't fake. You know, it nah, has that. It, it has that heft. It has that Sabbath heft to it. Right? Yeah, that 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 just that gigantic and props to Ronnie James Dio because his voice in that is so beautiful and he's yeah, obviously harmonizing with himself. Right, it's, right, what right. he's an incredible singer, incredible metal singer. Right, and all right. So this song it, it's dark, but it's got like a message. It's like a, a message in there for the kids because he says, <laughs> "Don't live for pleasure, make life your treasure." That is, isn't that's, that's a, a great, great, that's, that's a, a good uh, message. Yeah. And and then Barry, did you notice in the lyrics it says "fade away, eight miles high, about to fall"? So I'm wondering if that's uh, yeah. a little, a well, little, uh, yeah, sure. Um, and no, no one, one there to catch you. Catch you. Catch you. Yeah. Sign of the Southern Cross, which is a uh, an astrological, it's a it's a it's a star constellation, correct? The Southern Cross. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But it's just he. Cosby Shows of National. <laughs> they had a song, the Southern Cross, right? They have a song like that. Yeah, they do. Yes, 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 oh, they oh, do. yes, they do. You're yes, right. They do. You're right. They do. Oh, look yep. at you knowing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's just a great. Uh, uh, yeah, when that when it kicks in and then it goes back, very powerful. It is and, powerful. Imagine, and you know, you imagine you're 12 years old. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It's right. like, holy crap! You know, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. Like whole... Sure. Yeah, the dwarves <laughs> and which yeah. the elves. <laughs> yeah, the elves and the dwarves. Um, for real. All right, so let's. Uh, we're about we're about halfway through this thing here. Let's take a little break. Me and by the way, Barry, I, we, what are we doing? Me and Rick are just doing uh, your standard um, uh, Trader Joe's beer uh, today. Oh, yeah. So what are you doing no, on your I'm, end? I yum, got. Yum. Uh, I, I I bought a bottle of Smirnoff last week and some uh, orange juice and my. Uh, okay, so my, you're doing the, the cocktail. I got the cocktail going. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we're going to take a break. This is the time of Corona. We're all in uh, quarantine seclusion, <laughs> yeah. but we're still bringing this to you because we feel like we care. It's our duty, and we care. Yeah. It so is. we're, we're going to be yes. back at, back in a minute with more of Rick Sell talking some Black Sabbath. Uh, that got me. I will be back. In a Yeah, man. 
All right, I don't, we're I, don't back. Tu- I don't turn it off during the break now. I just oh, let it roll. Okay. I just cut it out when I edit it. So <laughs> whatever you guys said is in there. So I went and took a piss. If you said bad shit about me, I'm going to hear it. But that's <laughs> no, that's I cool. Don't think that's cool, bro. That's cool. Whatever. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? Religion, <laughs> race relations, no, politics. No. Yeah, right. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, All we that are good back. stuff. All that good stuff. We're back. This that brings us together. Got behind. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we're here with Rick Sell of Pure Salem Guitars, and we're talking about a record that changed his life when he was 12 years old called yeah. uh, My Rules by Black Sabbath. And now we get to the song. Well, this is like sort of the intro song to uh, the Mob Rules, but it's very it it's scared me. It, yeah. Ooh, okay. It's an interesting song. Uh, it's called E5150. 5150. But if you make, if you put the E and then you do the 5150 in Roman numerals, it's V, uh, it spells out evil. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, it spells out E-V-I-L. Because 5150 is V-I-L, yeah. And you know, now that you had mentioned the Van Halen thing, yeah. 5150 is the name of his 51, studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that it, it, You know, it all, it's all it's synchronicity. 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 Right. There you go. Well, th- th- this uh, song did scare me. As when I was a kid, I was it's like, creepy. It was creepy. Yeah. It's creepy, but there's some, uh, yeah, there's some cool uh, bass going on with Geezer on this one. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of E51. something demonic oh yeah there's some backwards uh, shit oh, going sure. on there right oh there we go <laughs> yeah so it's uh, uh it, it's cool it's effective it's it's, it's effective for what it uh, wants to do but basically what it wants to do is be sort of an intro into the killer title oh, track oh, of this totally record killer. yeah and uh yeah this song is just so let's listen to a little bit of the uh, but also this was used in the movie Heavy Metal. Heavy Metal, both of them. This is the right. Sorry. Fuck. Fucking Spotify, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> you gotta leave that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll leave it in. I'll leave it in. All right, let's listen to it. Let's listen to my rules. Go ahead. All right, here we go. <laughs> Nothing to say. They're breaking away. 
such good. I'll tell you, me and Rick are sitting here. I'm playing air guitar to oh, it now. Yeah, man. I don't even. I have no shame. When I was listening to this in my car driving around, oh, I was yeah. like banging my yeah, head. Not, How could you not? This has got possibly the greatest post Ozzy uh, Tony Omi guitar riff that yeah. I, I, I know of is that that, that little change where he goes he goes like he hits an A and then he hits all the strings open and then he hits that minor seventh chord and it just is like it's just perfect you know and it then, is yeah the song has a drama that is uh, un- undeniably great and the lyrics you know are, are uh, yeah no they're great and actually alright so they wrote it for the movie Heavy Metal which uh, did you see the Heavy I Metal did, I did. Did, yeah I did too I did. later my parents wouldn't let me see it oh okay yeah, yeah, it's, so it's, I'm gonna it. just say it's it's not a great movie I mean, it's great it's, when it's, you're a teenager. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty cheesy, but that's okay. It's, if you watch it now, it's very yeah. cheesy. But very don't forget, cheesy. that was in the eighties. That was, was the cutting sure. edge. I saw it many it times 80s. at midnight movies, and you know, right. So they wanted they wanted a song for a sequence where there were these people living behind a walled city. Yep. and are about to be attacked by barbarians. So that's why uh, close the city and tell the people yeah, that man. something's coming to call. Death and darkness are rushing forward to take a bite from the wall. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. That's classic view. But the premise of the song is very powerful and appropriate for now. For now. Yeah, if you sure. listen to Fools, the mob the rules. Mob rules. That's, that's true. I got my toilet paper. That's like, uh, that's, yeah, like right. <laughs> Facebook. that's basically describing Facebook. Yeah. True or yeah, <laughs> true Twitter, um, all that stuff. The social but media. But yeah, I love it. This, the entire band sings and plays the fuck out of this song. And they it's, do, and a per- perfect three-minute little metal. So powerful, song. so great. It's such a powerful song. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, awesome. it's awesome. Um, and I was wondering, I, I, you know, I haven't um, I've been scurrying around like everybody else, trying to get my shit together so we could be indoors for the next month. Um, <laughs> but. Is there are there any like live versions of with Dio of this tune or did he split before they did you said there was a live record after this? Well, there is that live record, but it is very it, it it's it's produced it's very produced live yeah, record. It is, it is live. It, well, if you listen to Dio does an interview where he's like it's it's crap it's not a live record. It's not right. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah, a lot okay. of overdone. I love it. It's I, sweet. I yeah, they sweeten it. But you know how many uh, there's a ton everybody of live did that. Yeah, that was just the way it was Especially done. Especially at that time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, sure. Every, you know, Aerosmith, uh, Nugent, all those people had live records, and they were all oh, just, Kiss, Kiss, oh, forget it, man. forget yeah. about it. <laughs> Never sounded that good live. <laughs> no, that, and um, you can find ample evidence of that. Yeah, on yeah, YouTube, true. it's like whoa. <laughs> but I'm sure. I, I mean, hey, oh, you know, know, okay, you know, you want to know who sounds just as good live as they did on the record? is um, our old buddy Lou Reed because that uh, Live from the Academy in 73 that they made Rock and Roll Animal out of and Lou Reed Live you can you can, it's I was listening to it today again and I was like god damn this is oh, a yeah. great great record oh, well, a great a band great, he had a great band the band was to, yeah, to crack on. band so yeah I digress alright so we get uh, we flip it over we get size 2 this is a this, this is one of the most Sabbath like early Sabbath like riffs on the record. Yes, I think. Uh, yep. country girl. Let's uh, yeah, let's, let's do a little bit of country girl. Wonder what she looks like.
this is the one song that I feel like I could hear Ozzy singing this song. Like it almost sounds yeah, like I, I, I could picture the I could same thing. Hear him yeah. singing it. Yeah. And you know, this was one that gets. This one was the one basically. This and Mob Rules was the one that would get stuck on my head through the week when I was, you know, doing various things and listen, I'd listen to the record and. For whatever reason, Country Girl was the one that kept. Uh, it's a catchy song. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of poppy. Sure. It, it is kind of poppy like for them. Song. Yeah, for metal. And uh, I don't know if either of you guys noticed this, but I feel like maybe Dio is throwing in a, a couple of clever little things because when he says uh, a, a desire with a special name made to snatch your soul away, he <laughs> said snatch. And the title of the song itself, Country Girl. It, those are Country definitely girl. loaded, loaded with loaded um, double entendre. Right? I, I double in time, I think so a little because why else would you call it? But uh, so a poor little deal fell in love with a country girl, but she <laughs> true nature, I guess, is what he's saying. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, don't don't try and analyze the lyrics too much on this one. You can't dig too deep. No. <laughs> Although, yeah, do you I just think he's in love with a country girl. This is <laughs> just <laughs> one. This is really. But, a, but he's giving you advice at the end. Don't ever fall in love. Don't give your heart away. Not right. with a country girl. Not with a country girl. <laughs> It's just it's what it's it's the kind of thing that Spinal Tap would take and just just um, you know t- tweak just a little bit and make to it put it over yeah over, it over the, the top yes absurdity. exactly <laughs> Rick, do you remember, sex sex farm did it have lyrics did this <laughs> album come with lyrics on it do you remember did it have a lyric sheet I believe it did yeah it did right yeah so do you remember sitting just reading lyrics and um, records I, I I do that with all my records right yeah yeah, yeah sure. that's cool. Yeah, that's what what we're all about. But like I said, sometimes it's a uh, diminishing returns. With <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, this do, is do, do, da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some more riffage, more really con- convincing uh, riffage. Now this this it's, for me is the song I like the least. From me too. I have that in here too. I said maybe the because I don't know. Maybe it seems like kind of a thrown thrown throw away song you know what, with it, the it, lyrics. Middle of side two. It's on the middle of side two. And so that's where you put this song. So let's listen to a little bit of slipping away before it slips away out of (laughs) us. Sticks out because it's, it's, it's generic. generic. Which the rest of the record isn't. The rest of the record isn't generic metal, so that's why this one kind of sticks out. Yeah. yeah. I always, I, I, I mean, I always would just 
It's a skipper. Yep. But I also wonder with the title if, if uh, suddenly he's wrote this because he felt like he was slipping away yeah, out of uh, the Well, he so wasn't even he, in the uh, band. That, I mean, he wasn't in the band that long. It wasn't that long of a partnership. So He wasn't. But it was a good, I mean, it was a good launching point for him for his oh, career. Yeah, yeah, and for and sure. his first, first, first two records are amazing. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they really are. So, <laughs> hey, not more power to him. But wasn't he, right, in, so wasn't, now, he, wasn't he actually in a, a metal band called like Elf before this? They weren't. They weren't so much a metal band. They were like a hard rock band. Oh, okay, okay. Right, All right. right. Okay. He ended up going to Rainbow. Oh, oh yeah, Rainbow. Oh, right, That's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 we went through the Richie Blackmore grinder. They. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As singers are want to do. Yeah, there was a lot of them. He actually has a. Uh, I I watch a lot of YouTube interviews of these guys stuff, and he spoke very well he actually had a lot of respect still when oh for richie he, he liked rich yeah he did oh really he liked okay cool all right we have not done a deep purple record and you know that's something, something nobody's picked one but and susan my wife and i have a running battle because she doesn't she says she doesn't like deep purple but then i'll put something on and she'll be like who's this and i'm like it's deep purple and she'll be like oh okay <laughs> the highway star or anything yeah. off, anything off machine head or anything off you know the live record eh, whatever that's for another episode you know what ruins it for me for deep purple is that woman from tokyo Oh, oh, actually, that, uh, it's got a great riff, though. I, I, you know what? I'm going to disagree that my, my woman from Tokyo. It's yeah, the lyrics are stupid, incredibly stupid, but it's got a great riff. And you know, um, Richie's playing is always, always tasty. The guy just it is, yeah, it is. He just rolls off on him. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. So now we get uh, this. To me, is kind of like one of the classic. Uh, uh, Black Sabbath songs where they're in like three parts. You've got the the lush, <laughs> gentle opening, right. and then the heavy, slow middle, and then it, and then it sort of uh, speeds up at the end for the meat in the song where it kicks in. This yep. is my, this is my favorite song on the. It's Excellent. great. It is. All it's right. great. It's a great song. Let's listen to "Falling Off the Edge of the, the World." The guitar riff uh, when the, when the song kicks in. I think it's one of Lionel's greatest guitar riffs. Awesome. And the and Dio's delivery on this song, it's like heart wrenching in a way. I just yeah, I, it is. I it's the real deal. It. All right, and let's do it. Let's listen. Here we go. My favorite one.
<laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it just gets it, it's it's very epic. And then once when it really kicks in and gets going, that's the riff. Dio and Dio sings the fuck out of it. Yes. And Tony Iommi, his his playing in this. Yeah, he's on fire. Yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll edit it and I'll I'll start it off at the heavy part. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But it, it, but the thing is, he's shredding in this, but it's creative shredding what he's doing. He's still Tony Yomi, you know, it's it isn't just mindless shredding, especially in this one. You can I hear. think that the notes are, are he pick, well, you know, he's, he he has to be improvising when he's playing. I don't think you could I don't think you could map that out. I don't know, but you know what? Still. I got to tell you, when I saw him in '78, I remember thinking, oh, this is um, he he did stick to the roadmap of the solos that he did on the albums. He would he would he would uh, work around those themes, but I do think he had um, themes in mind when he would, you know, he would do the solos. I don't think he would work the solos out in advance. Somewhat. Yeah, they feel a little composed because they just feel like there's some composition. Too yeah, 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 yeah they're, for they're, sure. There's, there's a lot going on. His, his he, he's so emo- his playing on this record is so emotional. His, yes, his there is bends. emotion in the playing. You're right. Yes, he, you know he does these overbending things, and it's just it shouldn't work, but it does. Um, yeah, see, that's why I like good metal like this. See, so many people they just can't get past that it's cliche and it's heavy metal, but but good metal still there's an authenticity about it. True. That's, oh yeah, that's, it, it's great, and it's you can appreciate it once you get over your whatever your hangups you have about yeah, metal or right. guys with long hair or whatever. It's, <laughs> it's you know. There's, there's good metal and there's shitty metal. That's right. Yeah, this is 19, this is 1981, so this wasn't that cliche back then. Right. No, right. actually, no, like I said, they were fresh. pretty. He was it pretty was like much. Fresh, yeah. Yeah, they were. They were. Um, you know, putting together the sound for the you know 80s metal would become. Obviously, there was you know hair metal would get in there and um, <laughs> sort of <laughs> take things into a yeah. different direction. But um, there was a couple of good years left before Wasp and you know. Oh, God. And Warrant and Winger and yeah, yeah. the hair metal guys. Oh Jesus! Sure, and even uh, those those uh, from the Def Leppard came from that original British new wave of heavy metal, but they right. certainly turned that into something uh, you know very pop oriented. Right, right. Pop, but always. But I'll give Def Leppard even a little. They're a, a step ahead. Yeah, they're a step above those other uh, bands. That well, I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, sure. Maybe not my cup of tea totally, but uh, definitely yeah, could they still have. They, they they did it right. They still have a career. That's yeah, true. That's, that's true. That's, that's true. true. Um, all right. So now we get to the final uh, song in this, uh, and this is a great. It's a great like one of those uh, classic heavy slow uh, closers and. Um, uh, it's a good, again, like you're saying, this is, uh, his vocals on this are very operatic, but there's emotion, there's real emotion in his singing in this one. What, what I like about this song is Tony Iommi is on fire. Oh, yeah. All right. It's, it's like, like a blues record, I feel it's like. It's like a blues guitar. Sure. Yeah, there's blues. This is, the, the, this is the, the bluesiest, I think, song in the record, right? Yes. And it's, and it's all, you know, the ending is just the fade out. It's, it's just all guitar. He's just shredding on the yep. guitar. And all right. Let's listen to a little bit of Over and Over.
Okay, so I think that what came to mind is that there's a, there's a bit of war pigs in this. In the, I mean, it's just, oh, it, yeah, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. that those you know <laughs> that you're allowed to reference your own past, but right, of the, course. The, but I was listening to the drifts. I was like, oh, that's that's oh yeah, generals getting their messes. I was like, oh, I could hear that coming in. But there was that uh, something about the way the, the the harmonies were working and stuff. Tony was. Uh, Tony was a big Black Sabbath fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, homage. He was doing an homage to himself. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, but by the end, uh, like Rick was saying, it's just uh, the the guitar playing is just so uh, there's there's so much going on, but it's but it's just so good. He's, and playing, it's so, he's playing faster than he usually plays too. Right. See, that's why I think Barry was thinking it's not yeah, him. But that I was think the it thing. Is <laughs> that was my that was my like wow. Tony's playing really fast. And he doesn't usually shred like that. So. He doesn't. But maybe, you know, I think maybe he was inspired by this. They put, like we said, the last couple of, of uh, Sabbath records before Heaven and Hell were kind of like uh, they were phoned in and they were yeah, done. So I sure. think he was re energized by Run oh, yeah, Steel yeah. and by the music what they were making. Life with this. Run James Steel would bring to any bands. Exactly, right. yeah. Well, so ne- I, Never Say Die, they actually started recording with a different singer. And then I guess Ozzy got pissed and called them and like came back and they had, yes, to, they right, had, to, right. they had to tell the other singer, oh, sorry, man. And yeah. Ozzy came in and did the, the songs. So um, <laughs> as you can imagine, that record has a really weird feeling to it, too. It does. It does. But uh, and uh, yeah, and he's got, uh, you know, uh, it, it, this uh, this just those two records, Heaven and Hell and this one, Mob Rules, are just great. It's like it, it, they're not uh, traditional Sabbath records, right, but they, right. they both they, they both belong in the whole canon. They, they do, really yeah. They're they're, they're interesting, interesting. You know, bookend at the end of of that. You know, um, particular sort of because after this, it sort of definitely becomes Tony Iommi's Black Sabbath. The, right, you, and then they would try had different singers, different yeah. singers. Now how, now, how was the one record they did? He came okay. back and did one record, right? No, uh, the Humanizer. Yeah, how was that? I didn't like it at all. It was very riff. Uh, his the style of his playing changed. The tone was different. I didn't like it. Yeah, I haven't heard good things about it. I'll tell you what record gets overlooked and 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 gets shit on, but it's a fucking great record. Is the is the following record they do with Ian Gillen from Deep Purple, Born oh, Again. Oh yeah, that's a good record. <laughs> that's got one of the worst album covers ever. You know what? I love that album cover. But yeah, yeah, well, yeah it's, it's, it's so bad. Wrong. It's good. Yeah, I'm with uh, you on some, that one. Yeah. There's some great songs on that. Okay. Yeah, that was with the Demonic Baby, right? Yeah, the demonic demonic baby. Baby. yeah I, cool. I, I, I'm gonna just for you. I'm gonna revisit it and see. None <laughs> no, more listen, listen to trash. Listen to disturbing the priest. Okay. Right. And born again. Ian Gillen's focus on born again. Okay. Well, okay. Ian right. Gillen's a fine singer, and I didn't. I didn't. I don't mind him as a singer, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But. All right, so is, uh, Rob's not going to listen to Born Again, just so we're clear. No, that was the sound. That was the, that was the sound of Rob saying something that I know he's never going to do. We have a lot of time in our hands now, so we true, have. A, that's true. That's true. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for bringing this record to us. It's good. It's yeah, like, you know, we can't always we can't always do these cool hip indie records. You know, we got to do. We got to. I do, think this was do. great, I'm, and it was great, and it was thank fun. You guys for having me. This was a really fun. Listen, this week with everything that's going on with uh, the world, this was a really it, it, it 
it fit. It's a nice escape. Yeah, yeah. It's heavy and everything. Yeah, but it's also I was like, nice yeah, you escape. know, you get you can just um, listen to Dio singing and be like, all right. Then you, it's, you, it's very soothing. It is. It is. <laughs> for the for the record, but I the love heaviness the of the record, the heaviness of the You're album like, de- definitely goes with what's happening, you know, outdoors <laughs> right now. So right. Oh, you love the uh, yeah. For the record, I was going to say I do love those hip indie records. You do love the hip. Yeah, I know, I know. You're <laughs> yeah, good. Sure. And uh, so once again, I should mention though, uh, Pure Salem guitars. What's the best way people just to go? I know you're you're all over Instagram, but well, uh, just uh, the website. We sell online. We sell direct. Yeah. Um, but really, anyone who's like interested in guitars or anything, just check out Pure Salem because really these guitars are beautiful. Thank and you. not only that, they're really well made and they play great. And uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of bands are, are playing them and the checks in the mail run. It's huh? The checks in the mail run. Well, yeah, you know. there you go. <laughs> oh, and we're also we're giving away some swag. You've got yeah, 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 yeah. Got some, some hats, hats, and, 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 hats and shirts hats that we're going to give for you, to so. patrons, which is a good time to mention our patrons, Barry. Um, yes. If you go to patreon.com forward slash trtmh and become a patron of the show, if you're a three dollar or more patron, you're automatically entered in all of our giveaways, which you'll be entered uh, in this one as well. Um, please remember to uh, whatever you listen to us on most important to subscribe and to share it to your friends because you know what else what the hell else do you have to do now <laughs> right exactly uh, once again that is Barry Stock and that is Rob Elba this is That Record Got Me High we'll see you guys next week God willing yes right. right man everybody take take care be good to yourselves wash your hands wash your fucking hands <laughs> <laughs>